Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I am Taylor. We are capping off a series on promises, and I am joined by two special fr- friends and guests. First, we're joined by Pastor of Spiritual Formation, the one and only Bob Moss. Bob, welcome back to the Conversations Podcast. Good morning. Happy to be here. Awesome. Happy to have you. And we're joined by the doctor, the one and only Dr. Sean Stover is in the house. Sean, thanks for being back on the podcast. Love being with you guys. All right, y'all, we, we were actually just talking about before we recorded, recapping the six messages in this series. I'll hit them real quick, and then we'd love to kind of open it up and just hear y'all's thoughts just kind of as we take a special time to reflect on what God taught us in the series. So we looked at Adam and Eve and kicked things off with the promise of victory, looked at the story of Noah. Sean, that was your message there about the promise of God as a way maker. Then we looked at Abraham and the promise of blessing, Jacob as the promise of presence, Joseph and the promise of purpose, and then this past Sunday, capping it off with Moses and the promise of freedom. So I know (laughs) we can follow as many rabbit trails as we want in this episode, but would love to kind of start by asking both of y'all just your, uh, what were some things that God taught you just in the series as a whole? And then even the importance of reminding yourselves of these promises that we looked at just in day-to-day life. I think for me, it tells me more about God than it does about myself or any anything else. The, the fact that we follow this God and are loved by this God who has been keeping these promises for this extended period of time. I mean, we went back to the very start of the Bible. So we're thousands of years into history and watched how he made these promises and these covenants with these key figures in history and in our Bible. And uh, then what, then we followed that through each Sunday to see how that's still applicable to us today. And all of the six that you listed there, you know, from victory all the way to freedom are things that we still need. I still need today in my life. And they, they're just as applicable now as they were then. God is the same now as he was then. And to me, in a world that's constantly changing with new things coming at us and great innovations and adaptations to know that there is a constant God who he's plenty adaptable and plenty flexible. And he made some really cool creative things. And yet at his core, there's this constant stability that we all have a chance to, to connect with around these promises. I think so too. I, I was so impressed with the way these promises came out of a really a principle that God had a plan in the beginning and that even though Adam and Eve had sinned, he still had the plan Mm. to make it turn out all right through the cross. And that very first promise where he promised that uh, the seed would... uh, basically conquer Satan. Mm -hmm. That was what the promise was, the victory. He promised that victory. And the Bible says that Jesus was the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundation of the world. So before God made anything, he already had a plan for man's rebellion. And then the rest of the promises, the way maker, the blessing, to Abraham, uh, all of these are precursors to what Jesus was going to provide for us at the cross. And then the very final message when he talked about freedom, walking in freedom, 
basically he began with the key to the whole thing, and that is the cross, the pivotal point in history. That's so good. That's so good, Bob. I'd love to ask both of y'all. This is this is great content just to be reminded of on a Sunday morning and just listening to these messages and being reminded of, again, just going chronologically through the story of the Bible and through and seeing God's faithfulness. But, but how do the two of y'all just go back to these promises in a day-to-day life? Like y'all, y'all have a life outside of just Sunday mornings. And so what does it look like to take you know, either one or some of these principles and just keep going back to these just in practical uh, human life. Yeah, I think in different seasons and different points of my life, different ones of these promises apply more or are needed more in my life. There's certainly times I felt incredibly stuck and I had no idea how to get out of that. And the realization that that God is a way maker and that he's promised he will make a way was something that I had to cling to when I couldn't see it. You know, there are times in my life I felt amazingly lonely, and I, I get to counsel and be with people who get there where they feel abandoned and disconnected and alone. And so the promise of God's presence is so significant and important in those moments. And I think overarching, man, just to get out of bed some days, I need to know that there's a purpose for that day. And so it, it's just different. Days require different motivation for me, and then the the ability to pass that on, not just make it about me, but pass on those promises to the people I get to to counsel or the, that I get to spend time with, or my children as I'm you know discipling them along the way to share some of these promises is. Um, I love that they're there. I love that we emphasize them as a church, and uh, in different points, it means different things to me. Yeah, Bob, what about you? What does it look like in the day to day in the practical? Well, in the practical for me, uh, one of the things that really stands out to me is uh, God's presence. And I can recall reading, oh, many years ago, over 50 years ago, the book by Brother Lawrence called Practicing His Presence. And it was talking about living in the presence of God. And he was a simple person. He was a... uh, he basically washed dishes and in a monastery, but he lived in the presence of God, and he just wrote stories and lessons from his life, how he did that. And it was something that I began to long for in my own life, but it's only been in the last 10 years that I have really began to walk it out and live it. And if we can understand living in the presence of God, it eliminates so many problems because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. There's no, there's no roller coaster. Our life situation is always going to be a roller coaster because we're always going to have troubles. But Jesus, if we, he is the same all the time. And if we can live in his presence, so that is the one that is the one promise to me that transcends all of human history. Those people, beginning with Enoch, he walked with God. He was walking in the presence of God. And down through history, it's those people that understood that that really seemed to have this stability in their life. You know, Bob, as you're describing that, and you said the last 10 years, you've really 
felt like you've experienced his presence more. You know, his presence hasn't changed. His, no. his, his mm-hmm. capacity to be present for you hasn't changed. His willingness to be present, but your experience of his presence has changed in the last 10 years. I'd be curious to ask you, you know, what, what changed in your life? And I'll answer for me first since I'm putting you on the spot, but I feel like in times when I'm walking in obedience and, and I'm living a life that's more righteous, more in line with what he wants for me, um, I feel his presence more, not because he's there. It's just because I feel shame when I'm walking, you know, away from him. And that shame kind of makes me that I don't want you to be here with me. You know, look, it's okay for you to be with me on Sunday morning, but do I really want you to be with me Friday night when I'm yelling at referees or do I really want you to be, you know, with me? So I have a response to that, right? And it, it it feels like I can say there's periods in my life I feel his presence even more, but it's usually because I'm working hard to be obedient and I feel I, I want him there with me. Does that make sense? I mean, what changed for you that the last 10 years you felt his presence more? Well, it, the things that changed over the over the years were, it was basically adversity, uh, adversity that came into my life that were part of my life situation, my circumstances. And I had, Linda and I together had two major, major things happen in the last 15 years. First of all, was the death of our son, who was a missionary over in India. When he died, um, I did not, it, it, it was the hardest thing we had ever experienced. And it took us months and months and months to get over the initial hurt, the initial pain that came with that. And then God worked a miracle in our lives 15 years ago. And it changed our marriage. It changed everything. But it also changed my awareness of God. It isn't that God wasn't there throughout my whole life. Even before I came to faith in Christ, God was there. That, that's never a question. The, the thing that changed was my awareness. So then about, I don't know, five, six years later, we had another son who had been, he had gone with a missionary team from Cypress Creek Church over to Korea, and he was he loved God, but he got in with the wrong crowd about 12 years ago, 10 years ago, and he got addicted to crystal meth, which was a death also, but it was a different kind of death experience, and I was... I couldn't sleep at night because I was so distraught. I was so anxious, so, so uh, just Man, the helpless. Angst and the despair. Yeah. Despair. Yeah. Despair is the perfect word for it. Because I couldn't do anything to help him. Mm-hmm. And it was during that time that I learned to live in the present moment. Mm-hmm. I discovered that my past is history. It's an illusion. My future is an illusion. The only reality that I have is the present moment. And it was out of that that I began to see the difference between my life situation, which all of those things are 
out, totally outside of my control. Mm-hmm. And then I began to have this awareness of God that I never had before. I love that. I think that last part you shared, Bob, resonates with me. That idea that even though God is the God of the future and He was the God of, of the past, our place to connect with Him is in the present. That's right. And any anxiety we have over the future or any depression we have over the past, we need to let that go and experience Him right now in the, in the here and now. Thanks for, thanks for unpacking that. That's really Bob, something I don't know if this started around that time, 15, 10 years ago, but I know something that you are really faithful in that I admire about you now is scripture memory and how much time you dedicate to abiding in Christ in his word. Has that have you seen that play into this as well as far as your awareness of who he is just as as you continually memorize scripture? Well, uh, fortunately, I was early on. Uh, I was introduced to the Navigators, mm-hmm. and they had a tremendous impact on me. Mostly their literature. It wasn't that I was a part of that organization, but the literature that they put out and the material for memorizing Scripture, their topical memory system. So I started doing that early on. That helped me tremendously. But it wasn't until, I guess, about about that time, 15 years ago, that I really, really began to focus on spending time abiding, not only in Christ, but he said in John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. And what happens when we allow God's word to abide in us, our prayers conform to the will of God because we know his word better. And so it helps our prayer life. And and the reason God answers prayers more effectively, if that's the correct word, I don't know, but uh, it's, it's because we're surrendering to him. It's the key is in surrender. And that's when when Jose was talking about how to walk in freedom, he says, identify with the cross. Mm-hmm. That's what the cross is all about. It's all about surrender. That's so good. Well, this is my favorite part of the podcast where we get to ask our host to give oh. us his insight and wisdom. <laughs> Taylor, of the six messages, what you've been going through a lot in the last month. What, which one of those promises resonates most with you lately? I should have seen this coming. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, I think the presence, historically, I'd answer by saying purpose. I think that has been one of the coolest aspects of the gospel is that God would use me. Like, that, that just doesn't make sense. He doesn't need to do that. And uh, so just the fact that he intentionally is allowing me and just all of us to play a part in continuing his story and what he's doing here is fascinating. But I think just recently, God over the last few weeks has showed me his presence and just the uh, everything that y'all mentioned, just this idea that of, of all the promises that God promises, He is with us and that He will never forsake us. And I think that that's uh, something as I've processed, just in regardless of circumstances, the enemy, I've noticed a common tactic of his is to try to make it seem like no one understands me or no one understands what I'm going through or this particular circumstance and trying to isolate and withdraw. And so just to know that, you know, God is with me, God sees it all, He's there. And that, that really does change the game. And I'm, I'm right there, I'm a far steps behind the two of y'all, but 
but trying to grow in my awareness of God's presence and that will. Okay, God, what what is it that you have for me? What is it that you are just doing in situations? I mentioned a few weeks ago uh, a surgery that I had, and I went to PMT the night before, and it was so powerful because not necessarily by a certain word that was said or a verse that was read, but simply by them just reminding me and even looking for the intentionality behind, okay, God God didn't have, this surgery is not an accident to God. This is not, this didn't sneak up on him. And so what is it in these, you know, end up being like two, three weeks of recovery that, uh, what, what did God have for me in that time? And so I was looking for it. I was more cognizant of it. I was trying it. And so I remember walking away from that experience going, just what y'all were saying earlier, God was always there. God is always trying. So it's it's not mind blowing. It's more so just the idea that how frequently I can be distracted, how often I can just be looking other places or Sean, to your point, the shame and the guilt and how I'm living. I don't want I don't want God to look over here. I don't want God to be with me right now. And so to to be able to be at a place where my hope is that as I continue to grow, that God's, you know, I'm more aware of God's presence and just inviting his presence in a lot more. So that's really cool. That's uh, yeah. Awesome. I knew you were going to ask me that. Uh, something that we brought up last week on last episode. I uh, love to ask the two of y'all. You you both have shared that word despair, and I think that some people listening they may really be resonating with that. It may be a certain loss that they're experiencing, or just even disappointment in their life. And I think as we go through this promises series. There's a balance. I mentioned last week a continuum of uh, sitting and in that despair and just kind of letting that consume you and just kind of isolate you. And then on the other side, there's this quick like, oh, but but God's promise is this, so I'm just gonna you know like we're, we're jump straight to that. And I feel like uh, there's a healthy middle here as far as like being able to experience the depths of the despair and yet also trusting in God's promises. So I'd love to hear just in y'all's example, just history and just uh, your own experience, kind of how have you seen that balance of being able to still experience the despair, but also trusting in these promises that we just talked through? I've been wrestling since the message on Sunday with a, with a thought, and that is that it, it in my world and in the world we live in, it feels like we've equated freedom and independence. I'm getting to answer yeah, your no, question. It. It's going to take me a second to get there. But we always talk about freedom and independence being the same thing. And I don't think that's how God's economy works. And I don't think that's how he sees it. Now, as Americans, we certainly kind of lean that way, right? Like we, we want our independence and we're free now. Um, but as you raise kids, you start to see those things aren't necessarily the same. You know, my kids uh, that have gone away to college, they experience a lot of freedom when they leave the house and go to college. And yet they're not independent yet. They still ask me to send a check for food and for gas and for entertainment. And so this the reality is, I think what Jose was teaching us Sunday um, and his, the whole series has taught us is that we can be completely free and at the same time completely dependent. And that's what Bob was saying with the cross and Jesus and his death and his sacrifice is that we remain completely dependent on that. For, for God to, to be present with us and us to really experience it, he has to walk through the blood of Jesus to get to that place inside of us. Now, he's there before we accept him as our Savior, but the depth of his connection comes when we really admit we're, we fall short and Jesus is our only answer. And there's a true dependency there. 
Now, once we acknowledge that dependency, we're free. We're free to pursue health. We're free to pursue life. We're free to pursue relationships. And so long way around to answer your question. I think that's the, that's the combination that, that despair, it, it's a real part of a fallen world. There are reasons we should despair. I mean, sometimes it's psychologically unhealthy to ignore some of the, the, the dangers and the, and the hurts that are going on in your life. But what we do in that moment of despair is we acknowledge both ends of that continuum. And the first end that, you know, we we don't want to waller in it, but we want to accept the despair and be dependent on a God who sees us, who loves us, who's present with us, who comforts us and wants to bring healing. And we're okay with He's okay with that. He will sit with us in that. He will comfort us in that place. And so we're still dependent, completely dependent. And at the same time, we have this freedom to not be bound by what the world has put on us and by the, the wounds that have happened to us. And we have this freedom pers- to pursue health and to pursue happiness and joy and to experience the fruits of the Spirit and share them with others. So to me, I, I don't think I'm articulating that great because I'm still trying to sort out. But independence and freedom aren't the same thing. Um, but man, dependence on God, a God who loves you, created us and loves us. And at the same time, a freedom to experience the best of what he's created around us and the people around us. Somewhere in that combination is how we get through despair. That's so good. Well, one of my favorite scriptures is where Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And people who are weary and burdened are usually headed towards the state of despair. But he says, come to me. He says, come into my presence. He says, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. And what he's saying there is, it's the only time in all of Scripture that Jesus gives us a definition of his character. And it says, I am humble and meek, which is gentleness, and That's what he's asking us to do. Follow him. Follow in his steps. And in our despair, when we humble ourselves before the Lord, uh, that's what 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. And that's the same thing that is true with us. And so I found being still and knowing that God is there, he never leaves us, he never forsakes us, and just in the silence of being still, we, we can begin to sense his presence. And that is powerful for us, especially when we're feeling despair. Mm-hmm. I, and I felt despair. I know what despair is. When you lose a, a family member or you lose something that is very precious to you, you know, The feeling of loss causes despair, and that's a lot of times it's some form of loss that brings that despair. Mm. On on a real practical level, if somebody's out there listening and they are experiencing despair because of loss or something significant in their life, I think I would ask myself that question. Hey, when I get in a place of despair, do I tend to kind of waller in it, get stuck in it a little bit, let the emotions overwhelm me and rob me of being able to continue on with my life? 
And if that's the case, then I need to find people that kind of balance that out, that that will help me kind of pull through Amen. and move forward Amen. and experience health and, and healing and be, you know, that community around me that can encourage me. Now, there's also people listening that experience despair and, and they just kind of move quickly into, oh, I'll figure this out, I'll pull forward, and they don't acknowledge the feelings. And if you're that person and you're listening, you probably need to find some people that are willing to just sit with you for a little bit and say, hey, let's acknowledge the pain and the Amen. hurt for a little bit. We don't have to get stuck here, but let's acknowledge that because we do know from a lot of research that the ignoring of those feelings doesn't make them go away. They stay there, they intensify, they stay under the surface, but at some point they come back and they usually hit you with more power than you're ready to, to handle. So it, it's both of those things, Taylor, being able to experience the emotions and then rely on the promises and move out of them is what God's ultimately looking for. That's so good. And the common theme, both of y'all said, just that dependence and that dependent state. I love what you said, Sean, just even how contradictory it may seem that experiencing freedom is through dependence and not independence. Uh, on Sunday, we looked at Moses and the promise of freedom and through the Israelites. And I keep thinking of uh, anytime I'm reading through Old Testament or seeing this, how they, they get it for a little bit and then they turn away and then they experience the consequences and then they repent and then God receives them back. And it's just a cycle over and over again. And it just takes me back to this theme verse that we've looked at every week, 2 Timothy 2.13, that if we're unfaithful, he remains faithful for he cannot deny who he is. I'd love to kind of maybe just close out there with the significance of that verse, just in everything that we've talked about, just how unfaithful we are and yet God's faithfulness in our lives. Well, to begin with, we're talking about Moses in this last lesson. And Moses, the Bible says, was the meekest man in all of the earth. And yet it was his anger in striking the rock that kept him out of the promised land. So God's faithfulness was to his word, to his promise. And Noah did not, or I mean, Moses did not experience the the blessing of going into the promised land. Uh, Joshua and Caleb did, but uh, mm -hmm. so I think that's a prime example of what happens, you know, God's will is going to be done one way or the other. And even Moses, as meek as he was, got angry. Yeah. I certainly do that. If you want to try something hard over the next few days, try to unhitch your thoughts and feelings from what the people around you are doing to you or in interactions with you. It's nearly impossible, right? People upset us. People hurt us. People make us happy. People bring joy to our life. And yet, you know, God is saying in that last verse that you quoted, you know, regardless of our unfaithfulness, he remains faithful. He's saying, listen, I'm not subject to y'all's moods, your presence, your, your willingness to invite me in, your sin, your lack of sin in your life, your righteousness, your holiness. I'm God. And you guys are going to do what you're going to do, but I'm still going to be standing Amen. right here in the same place. And that's what separates us from him because we can't do that. Y'all, we, right. we can't, we, we can't remain faithful in the face of unfaithfulness over and over and over again, because we eventually get so wounded and so in despair that we, that we bail. God's not like that. And that's what I'm so thankful, you know, to, to follow a God who is not going to get angry uh, and who's not going to, you know, lose control or his, his love for me is not dependent on any of my actions um, because my actions fall way short. So the fact that he remains faithful regardless of my faithfulness 
is something that may be the ultimate promise I need to hang my hat on. Such a great conversation, y'all, for such a great series. Thank y'all so much for being on the podcast. It was a joy. Thank Thanks, Taylor. Thanks for listening to the Conversations podcast. Be a part of the conversation by sending questions about the Sunday message directly from ccc.guide or by emailing conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. See you back for the next conversation.